this thing on? <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Mixed Opinions. On this marvelous Monday, I have an amazing story to share with you. I'm not going to lie. Shit's going to get a little heavy. This United States Marine has endured many trials during her six years in the Corps. She has encountered workplace bias She has been victim to certain stereotypes. And if that isn't enough, she has also endured a sexual assault from a co-worker. Through all of that, she is still one of the proudest Marines I know. And you'll hear say herself that becoming a Marine is not something that she regrets. I'm extremely honored that she is allowing me to share her story. And I hope that her story gives you all the strength that you need to get through the work week. Oh, and guys, make sure you listen all the way to the end. I have a special little bonus for you that I really think you'll enjoy. Here we go. All right. So I am sitting here with my sister, my baby sister, And Lexi is a Marine, and she is going to share with us her story and her journey throughout her time in the Corps. Um, So Lexi, what made you join the Marine Corps? I think the, what I tell everyone is the fact that I wanted to keep it in the family, which is because my daddy was a Marine, our daddy was a Marine. He was in for four years, and then uncle, our uncle was in for four six years in the reserves and it just that was like my main motivation but then I tell myself that was my only motivation but I didn't see myself doing anything else but being a marine was there something specific that like intrigued you other than wanting to keep the the legacy alive just the fact probably the same for everyone else that wants to become a marine the fact that it's the most challenging branch to to become part of the training everything it just and that's Big. you feel as though that's the way for everyone when you say challenging it's yeah i do i do believe that everyone is intrigued by the challenge they want to they want to be challenged and it, it's the best feeling ever obviously when you receive your ega versus i mean i, I don't want to diss any other branches but it's a little yeah. different yeah well hell i mean that's how you feel i mean i'm sure if you brought someone in from the army or you know whatever they're going to be the same thing so yeah how was training? What was it like leaving all of us, leaving your family? Um, that was probably the most challenging part for me because I'm such a big baby. I think it was so hard to say goodbye to everybody, leave everybody in the dust, and just pretty much go from living life every day with family to being on my own and having to grow up just instantly. Right. Yeah. Right. But you've got to see a lot of amazing places. You've made some really good friends. Yeah. So how was it making friends when you first got there? Was that even something that was possible immediately upon, you know, 
getting off the bus at Paris Island? Um, <clears throat> I don't. I I would say the opportunity to make friends in the in boot camp is it's kind of slim. It was for me anyways because you're under so much stress that and you're with a bunch of women and mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of bitches and <laughs> everyone's at after each other's neck and. And then you're just, I mean, you're paying for other people's fuck up. So it's, I mean, but you do make some of your lifelong friends there. Right. Have, has anyone followed you throughout? Like, have you been, has any of one of your friends been with you from start to finish so far? Um, from boot camp? Yes. So I stay in contact with about, dang, I stay in contact with a good bit. Like I'd say four or five right. females from boot camp. Um, but that's about it. How many were in your, I don't know the word for it. Squad Bay? Yeah. Goodness. I don't even know. Honestly, I have no idea. It was just a bunch of fucking women. (laughs) Whole lot lot of y'all. Yeah, a whole lot of, (laughs) a lot of ass and titties in there. (laughs) I gotcha. So when you first went in, you're scared but excited. Yeah. Talk to me about how things started out for you. I feel like a lot of people have an impression of what boot camp is like and then going to your next MCT. So um, moving forward from boot camp, uh, I went to Marine Marine Combat Training, um, which is in Camp Lejeune, or Camp Devil Dog is where most of it takes place. I don't think I made as many friends there because you're, you're more a, a Marine there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's completely different now. They have, you can have your phone, it's, it's way different, but then, I mean, you're still missing home, and you're under a lot more stress, because you're training, like, for combat-related things. And you went in, you say it's a whole lot different now, so you went in in what year? 2016. So you've been in for six years now, so just in the span of six years, things have changed drastically. Yes, like, in in Marine combat training, even in boot camp, there's a, there's a fourth phase where we had first, second, third phase, there's a fourth phase where you are a Marine and it's, you get to just experience being a Marine longer before you graduate. You do yoga and boot camp. There's all kinds of things you do now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Do you wish you would have had that experience no. too? <laughs> <laughs> Why? No, I think it has made our, I think it has, it's made the Marines that come in now a lot, uh, I don't want to say softer because, you know, I'm sure not all of them are softer, but I think they have, they have, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I just know that the more junior Marines we get in our shop, Mm -hmm. they're just extremely like entitled and disrespectful for their age. Right. And, and to where we would be when I was coming into the fleet as a, as a junior Marine, I was just fucking, I was scared. I didn't know what to expect. I just wanted to be obedient. And you were humble. Yeah. Yeah. You, you had been humbled through the experience. And I would say not to get off on this too much, but I would say it's also a difference in the age demographic too. I mean, there are drastic differences from millennials to Gen Z's and so on and so forth. And I'm sure some people when they like listening to this, if it didn't, if that didn't come to their mind, they're different than me, but that's immediately what comes to my mind. I noticed a huge difference in the, um, I mean, just being 29 from the 19 and 20 year olds that are now they're way more disrespectful, a lot Mm -hmm. more entitled. I don't know what that's about, but I digress. So how was it being a woman 
during when I was coming up. So it was it it was exhilarating. It was it was different because mm-hmm. I mean women had been in for a, a long time before I came in, but it was just you don't see. I think in a training status for boot camp for for Marine combat training for even MOS school, you don't get the disrespect uh, towards your, uh, gender mm-hmm. and, and train in a training status, at least from your, I didn't, um, if that makes sense, you know, you, they, they're going to train you equally because they want you to know, like know what's how to throw a grenade. They're going to want you to know how to see I'm up. You see me, I'm down knees, weekend prone. Like you're, you're training for war. So it's, a, it's taken, I think it's taken a little more serious. Right. And then that's what you expect when you get to the fleet and then boom, they're just like, oh, another female. And it's just instantly, I think it, I think that's where it happens instantly in the fleet is where females notice that they're, they're looked at completely different. Right. Just for a little historical background, women have been able to join the Marine Corps since what year? 1918, Ofa Mae Johnson was the first Marine. God, that sounded so fucking... <laughs> funny but um yeah i mean i i i know that that Ophame johnson was not the first female marine i couldn't tell you who was but in the marine corps record she is right i was reading on the women marines association webpage and it says the 1970s when marine corps when the marine corps began opening career type formal training programs for female officers so this isn't something that has been happening for hundreds of years like there are people that are like oh okay well when I was coming up or you know when my dad was coming up and your great-grandfather's coming up this wasn't a thing no that's crazy to me like yeah it's crazy when you can still talk to people that remember what the what was before you you know before okay so Going forward, outside of boot camp and everything, you're saying that you were treated equally while in boot camp. It's basically laying the foundation for who you're going to be in your career. So those, so that training is taken a lot more seriously. I also feel it's all slam-packed in such a short amount of time that they don't really have time to worry about if you're male or female. Yeah. After boot camp, what were you as a woman feeling? After boot camp, just, oh God, after boot camp, you're like on this, the biggest high of your life. Like no one can fuck with you. You're a fucking big, bad Marine that just went to boot camp for three months. And (laughs) you literally like, no one can like even, I don't even know. It's, it's, it's crazy how it boosts you. And then it just, yeah, I wish it stayed that way, but unfortunately it doesn't. So there was obviously a period where you were riding this high. How long was the high? Mm, I would, I, I'd say it that that high. It's it starts trickling, but I think it takes. It took me all the way to the fleet, and I was still um, just highly motivated. And mm-hmm. then, I mean, then you then you're in a, in your job for the first time. And mm-hmm. you have no idea what to expect. This is what you're going to be doing for right. the rest of your career if, right. if you're going to make it a career. And if it's something that you don't give a fuck about, then you're obviously you're going to lose every bit of what you believed you were joining. Right. Okay. So take us through what happened in the fleet. So 
after after school for my job, um, I got sent to Okinawa, Japan, and which is which was my first choice because Beautiful. obviously, yeah, it's mm-hmm. freaking tropical island. Yeah, and I was, I mean, I had some of the best times of my life out there. I, I learned everything that I know about the Marine Corps pretty much out there. I had there was camaraderie. It was all good. Um, you met your husband there, didn't you? Yeah, I met my husband there. <laughs> um, I met some of the best people in my life there, some of my best friends. Like, right. And I wish I could say that every unit is like that, but no, I don't know what it is about Okinawa. I don't know if it's the food that brings everybody together or what. <laughs> Culture but, and yeah. I don't know. Being um, that far away from home, too. Yeah, that probably has a, that definitely has a lot to do with it, especially having Thanksgiving with people you don't want to be around but you kind of make it work right but um so i'm in this beautiful tropical island and i mean i don't know i guess i could start saying it trickled down because i i personally noticed that i didn't have a a love for what i was doing Mm -hmm. uh and by doing i mean i didn't i i did not i do not like motor t i i don't i guess there's women out there that can have a passion to fucking fuck around with trucks but it's just right. not me like <laughs> right. i don't fucking get high a high out of fucking loading shit up on the back of a truck and driving it down the fucking highway but right. and there's way more into motor t than that there's right. con- i mean i do have a love for the convoy portion of it the i did a long haul convoy in korea and that was probably like the funnest shit i've ever done even though i was fighting for my life behind the wheel but <laughs> um yeah it was that was that was good times but i just I think it all started trickling down when I discovered that I did not love what I was doing. And then I got placed in a admin billet and then it was just fucking downhill from there. What made you realize you didn't love what you were doing? In my head, you can be in the shittiest uh, environment and if you're doing something that you love, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, or it matters less. Yeah. yeah. And, and my friends, I won't lie. I mean, my friends kept me going, mm-hmm. but they only kept me going so much. And when those friends left, it's when you really know. I mean, in Okinawa, the weather is like either hot as Hades mm-hmm. and it's like the humid humidity is three times South Carolina. Like being trapped in a fucking sauna. Yes. The, all the air sucked out and there's nothing but like moisture. Exactly. Right. It's hell. And then uh, if it's not that, then it's piss and rain. <laughs> and you're working in that. Like you, this, right. it's not, oh, it's raining, go home. No, you're working and you're, you're in soaking wet camis and mm-hmm. you're trying to hide under the trucks and shit. But yeah, that's when I really realized that that is not no shit for me. (laughs) That shit was not for me. Right. I will say like when just like backstory, you were the girl like you played softball and volleyball, but you also did pageants and things like that. So for me as your sister, I was like, oh, God, like, how is this about to go down? And I mean, you still indulge in like the you love getting your eyelashes done. And so the point of saying this is like, for me, it was like, okay, like, this is going to be interesting as fuck. Not that you were incapable, but it wasn't something that I could like see you doing because I knew that you enjoyed just the softer side of what it is to be a woman. So what job would you have enjoyed being in just for shits and giggles? Um, I, I think I would, I would have definitely enjoyed something like a uh, CID, which is criminal investigative department. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I always saw myself doing some kind of police work. I originally, my original 
dream goal job in the Marine Corps was MP, but I didn't get the ASVAB score I needed because obviously I'm a motor T. That's pretty self MP is? Um, military police. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, but CID, that's more of the investigative version and you get more in depth with things. I just think that was more me. But then again, I have trust issues when it comes to any job now, which is mm-hmm. kind of scary because I'm like, oh God, I don't want to go into anything because I'm like, what if I go into it and fucking hate it? Like motor T, it just give, it gave me trust issues. Right. Okay. So you were loving Okinawa. Mm-hmm. You were enjoying yourself. You were making friends. You said there was camaraderie. When did, when did the downturn happen? When I got uh, orders to Yuma, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Automatically, you hear Yuma, Arizona, and everyone in the Marine Corps is like, well, fuck, that's the fucking desert. Like, what am I going to do out there? I'm not going to do anything. Right. Especially after going from, like, a place that you were at. Exactly. beautiful paradise. Yeah. Fuck the weather, but it was beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going from heat, hot uh, humidity to dry. Yeah. Like, being blown with a blow dryer, 120 degree heat. Yeah. Um, And I'm, and I mean, I didn't even, I had no idea what was to come in this unit so many challenges something that i left out was i i did face a hard time with people making fun of me because i was a little different and i went into the marine corps with i still had my virginity because i was saving myself for marriage and a lot of people would make fun of me for that but that was something i was used to because i got made fun of it for in high school right but i got to yuma it actually wasn't, well, the, the civilian, the population part of it was actually not as bad as what everyone thought or what everyone told me. Um, it had pretty much every fast food restaurant, which is like the main thing I look for because I'm fat. <laughs> it had like everything that I could have wanted around me. And then it was super close to the right. barracks. So I was like, oh, fuck, well, this is... This is Hungry know. bitches paradise. Yeah. <laughs> there's a movie theater right down the road and there's a little shopping center. So I'm like, okay, I can make this work. We get you. Yeah. And then boom, I get, I get into it. It's obviously my second unit and I'm getting treated like shit. And I'm like, what is this? By this time, I'm a corporal, which is an E4 in the Marine Corps, and you're you're an NCO, which is a non-commissioned officer. Mm-hmm. So you, when you become a non-commissioned officer, it's when you expect you don't even expect it. It's in your warrant. You're supposed to have more respect. Like your junior Marines are supposed to look up to you, and you're supposed to be you're supposed to be treated as a leader, a more reliable person, a more reliable Marine. Right. Well, that's not what I was treated like. I got there, and like I was telling you, um, I didn't have a lot of MOS credibility. I struggled because I was back in the motor pool. Motor pool is like where all the trucks are, where you work. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I got a lot of shit talked about me, like, oh, she doesn't do anything. Well, I didn't do anything because I was observing my peers to see to try to learn my relearn my job because I'd been upstairs. I'd been doing desk admin shit so I got a lot of I got a lot of I won't go down in a rabbit hole but I I wasn't in a good place right at that time I was depressed I was going through a lot and then finally I I finally get close to where my time is coming short kind of coming to an end in Yuma and I was you know I was getting my 
my motivation back. I had recently got married to my husband mm-hmm. that I met in Okinawa. And I think a month after I got married, we were still in our honeymoon phase. Right. And I get a call from the NCIS and they tell me that I was sexually assaulted by a fellow Marine, a Marine that was with me in Yuma. I won't go into too much detail, but I was unconscious and blackout at the time is what they told me. And uh, that news was just, it was... uh, Devastating? Yeah, it was, it like took me, it just took, I don't know, it just, I felt like my life was taken from me because at the time that the date they gave me, I was still a virgin. Right. So it hit me. It's obviously I'm still dealing with it. Uh, I don't ever since I found this news out, I don't look at the Marine Corps the same. I blame the Marine Corps. I don't. Um, that's that's a that's a hard thing to get over. But you, we joined the Marine Corps thinking that we can trust the people around us that they're our brothers and sisters, and they're honestly not. I mean, it's just the truth. It's it's just like the civilian world. It's just like the the world. Right. You don't know who you can trust. Right. But yeah, that's kind of when everything just took a downfall for me, for me. And I know people will probably say, "Well, you can't let that define the Marine Corps. You can't. You can't let that. You can't base your whole career off of that." Well, I can because I had this amazing thing going for me and at my second duty station it was i i was knocked off my feet completely this is well first of all i would say this is your trauma you handle it and you you let it it's your trauma no one can tell you what to do with your trauma so i'll say that and then this was supposed to be your life and this happened in the beginning of what was your life's journey with the Marine Corps. So to say that, you know, your faith isn't supposed to be shaken. I mean, since then you've taken strides. So let's, so let's talk about some of the things that you've done to help yourself. So since I got an expedited transfer to my new unit in Beaufort, things were looking up for a while and I'm seeing a, an awesome therapist every week she really, I don't, honestly, it worries me because she's mm-hmm. Nanny's age. And I'm just like, God, I just wait. I, I text her every week and I'm just like, please be alive. And that's horrible. <laughs> oh my God. But I don't know what the fuck I would do without this lady because she, <laughs> she has, I don't even know what, she's got so much like information and, and I think she's got like a master's in trauma therapy and I don't know. She's just amazing and she's helped me so much. I think that she's helped me get to where I am to where I can actually talk about it because I told her I want to be, I want to be a voice for other women that this happens to. I want to be a voice for my daughter. One day, hopefully I can, this can be dealt with. But yeah, and that's the unfortunate part is I I think that my view of the Marine Corps would have gotten better Mm. if the unit I got an expedited transfer to, it was treating me better, but they're not. Unfortunately, I get I get looked at negatively because I have this, I have PTSD, I have depression, I have anxiety, so I'm broken, I'm weak. Right. Um, I'm not. 
I am, but I'm not. I can still perform as a Marine, but my superiors do not, don't, they don't see that. They don't think that I can. So are all of your superiors male? Yes. What are some of the things that get said to you? So recently, a few weeks ago, I got told, I got told, I got called in by my and I got told that I just have a lot going on. He said, you have a lot going on, Sergeant Bonner. He's like, you're, you're always at medical appointments and you're not really here that much. So we're not going to have you as training NCO anymore. And I got told that I was going to work as a corporal's assistant because I'm dealing with shit and by shit I'm dealing with, I'm, I'm in mental health, I'm in therapy and I'm also seeking medical help for my back problems. Right. Because of that, I'm, he thinks I'm not able to perform in my job. And so, just so we're clear, a corporal is someone who is... The rank is under me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you're now working for someone with a lower rank than, yes. than you. Yeah. I'm an, uh, Yeah. How does that make you feel? Oh, it, it really, like, pissed me off. And I'm not the kind of person to, like, let, let men that are above me get to me. Like, I'll just, like, brush it off normally. But mm-hmm. I went to my car and I actually cried because I'm like, damn, like, I can't even... I can't even seek help and and try to fix myself without being told that it, I'm not enough at work. Right. It's hard for you to not let the trauma, the assault, define the Marine Corps when they're allowing it to define your experience with them. Exactly. Like it's not like it, it's not as though you can get the help you need with the un, with understanding. You're just supposed to suck it up, grow a pair. And push forward. Yeah, which is not fair. And what is what I want a lot of people to understand. A lot of people by the people that I work with, my uh, with y'all, my family. I y'all know I had I had huge expectations. I oh wanted God, to be yeah. in twenty years, and then you know my fucking purity was stripped from me. My fucking and I lose that, and then I come to this new unit and. And I find out that I have a disability with my back that's going to probably take me out of the Marine Corps. And then I get my billet taken from me and I'm just like, damn, I'm just getting, I'm not, I'm getting knocked down over and over again. Like what, what is going to, what's, what, what else? Like what else is coming? Right. So the point in saying all this is that the assault, he was a friend, a coworker, mm-hmm. a coworker. A fellow Marine that worked with you in Motor T? That, yes, that, that was a friend, like, that I, we were, we were all part of a clique, we all thought we were friends with this person, and had no idea that, I mean, you don't know what anyone's capable of, like what I said earlier. Right, so, uh, even though you were able to be expedited to another unit, like, this still happened, though it didn't happen on the job, it happened with a coworker, someone that you know. I think that it's great that you didn't sacrifice your mental health along the way instead of choosing not to unpack all of it. And yeah. I think counseling and therapy is, is what anyone should do. Obviously, you know, if anyone, if anyone out there is listening that's going through something like this, always report it. And then make sure that your company should help you get whatever mental health support you need. So I'd like to know, like, what your plans are going forward. I think the difference in your job is you're not able to just quit. A lot of women, if they were getting sexually, if they had been sexually assaulted by a coworker or if they were getting sexually harassed, 
they could quit their job if, you know, going to HR wasn't what they wanted to do. In light of that not being the case for you, how do you plan to proceed? Ultimately, I would, you know, as a dream, I guess, perspective, I would love to stay in the 20 years and be a voice, be somebody that women that have experienced things like this, be someone they could confide in. Yeah, so unfortunately, that's just not something that I will be able to do because, like I said, I have a disabling injury, a lot of shit wrong with my back that keeps me from being able to perform in the Marine Corps. So I'm currently on a med board, and uh, I don't really know what the results of that med board will be. So, Even though this happened to you, do you ever regret joining? Never. I ask my, I actually ask myself that question all the time, and I'll, I'll never regret. regret. <laughs> I have no regrets. <laughs> I'll never regret uh, becoming a Marine. That's the one of the best parts of my life. But Do you think the military, being a Marine, has improved your life? Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I, there are, unfortunately, more bad things than good things, but I did the good things they still outweigh the bad because I met the love of my life. I met so many people that will be in my life forever. And that's what I kind of get to keep out of it. I wanted you to be able to tell your story before I went into any sort of unconscious bias or stereotypes within the workplace. So with that being said, what sort of biases do you see maybe that are negative towards you because you're a female? 100% the bias for a female Marine, (laughs) it is unconscious and conscious, would be a female Marine's hair. And... And I know that people, I know if there was any female Marines listening, even male Marines probably laugh at that because it's so fucking common. Like, if you don't have a fucking sock bun every day, you're just not looked at the same. And it's it's bullshit because like I was telling you Mm -hmm. um, one-on-one that you, there's so many hairstyles that are in regs. You can have a twisty bun. You can have a French twist. You can have braids. You can have, I mean, there's several things that you can have to where it appears in a professional appearance. But a bunch of people just want to see a sock bun, and I don't know what it is. It's a donut in the back of your head. You know? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know why that is the sexiest bun, but even me, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I have shown Un, definitely an unconscious bias because I cannot <laughs> fucking help it and I sometimes I have to catch myself and I'm like okay let me relax right. but yeah like if I see a sock bun I'm like damn and you know like the marina squared away their camis are nice I'm like oof like she's oof you know like that's competitive like right. but if she's walking around with a twisty bun and some flyaways or even just the twisty bun or a braided bun they're just not looked at the same right. it makes no sense like why does that make such a big difference but I fucking went off on a spiel. No, you're fine. Um, the reason I say that is because I never thought that I would I would get that bias t- towards me. Right. And then, because I was, I was that female Marine, I would have the occasional twisty bun, braided bun. But 
most of the time, 90% of the time, I came into work with that sock bun. Mm-hmm. Well, after having a baby, I was like, you know, my hair is falling out. I'm balding. My fucking part is part in the seas like Moses. Is it Moses? <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. Um, so I was like, it is time to cut my hair. So I cut that shit and I automatically noticed like how different I was treated. I'm still treated different. Right. I don't know if it's because I'm just the ugly bitch with short hair. Like, <laughs> I don't know like what the fuck it is, but you just get, you do, you get treated different. I, just I, purely based off of your hairstyle. Just style. because my hair is short. It's I mean, so odd. I look like Lord Farquhar, but <laughs> why am I treated different for that? Like, he seemed pretty successful. Successful. <laughs> he seemed pretty successful in Shrek. Like, <laughs> get it? He had, his, he had his shit together, I think. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> um... What about the physically fit part of it? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, if you're an overweight Marine, you're, yeah, you're fucked. Because, I mean, you're going to get looked at automatically. You're going to get labeled a shit, a shit bag. That's what you're going to, the people are going to say, well, that's their shit bag. They let their oh, self. That's, that's literally what they call you. It's the saying, yeah. But, I mean, it, that's male or female, right? Male or female. If if I, I mean, if, if you're walking around and your sleeves are not tight and fucking beautiful and there's not you know it's crazy it's all appearance based all appearance based and and it's like you know integrity honor jj did tie buckle like go look it up that shit ain't that shit fucking that shit probably exists in five percent of the marines (laughs) unfortunately oh god that's a really small percent yeah but i believe relevant. you know i believe it because i don't know how many marines is in the whole entire marine corps I probably sound very uneducated, but I do not give a fuck. <laughs> that is what I believe. There are some assholes in the Marine Corps. What about with your... CFT, PFT? Yes. Physical fitness tests and combat fitness tests. How do men act towards you in regards to that? Um, I feel like you've made comments in the past. Yeah, they don't like that we have um, obviously smaller, I mean, longer times to meet the three mile and whatever else. We obviously get more time but that's because of the way our bodies are built. What is the time? Um, I mean, I could pull it up for you, but I don't care. Never mind. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure a, a female gets. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty close. I know I'm pretty close. You get at least thirty minutes to run three miles, and marine and male marines males think that is just cake, and it is not cake. For, I, I ain't never ran no 30 minutes, so I'm going to just throw that out there. But <laughs> it, I would like to throw out also that that ain't cake right. for some of these male Marines. Right. And that's sad because, I mean, it's just... I just think it's odd that they expect the the physical part of it to be equal when women aren't physically capable of all the... Th- naturally, women aren't physically capable of all the same things. It's like... You can either raise your male standard, but there's never going to be any like, like, why would we shoot to lower anything for ourselves? That's kind of me as a person. I'm just like, maybe give me higher standards before lower. But if mine are higher than yours have to be higher too. Exactly. Like <laughs> yours aren't going to be lowered to ours. And Sorry. I think a big thing that should click to them is it's only physically like, and it's scientifically proven facts that make us not be able to do the shit they do. Right. Now, if we got on the range and they was like, okay, well, you can fucking, all females can, can, can be marksmen and all males 
marksman is the lowest uh, shooting, and all males have to be sharpshooter or expert. That would be yeah, that ridiculous. Would be Our fucking fingers fucking can ridiculous. pull the trigger the same. Like, yeah, that yeah. would just be fucking ridiculous. So I yeah. got you. It's more of a skill. It's not a physical ability. Exactly. Yeah. So it'd be different if it was skills and physical abilities, but it's it's just physical ability. Whereas, yeah. Okay. Do you get negativity from other women? Is there any sort of like competitive nature that may happen among other female Marines? Yeah, there's a there it's all very competitive. But I think it just depends on the people. There is a woman. I'm not even going to give a rank. <laughs> there is a woman who has I don't know if it's that she's competitive with me, that there's just something that she doesn't like about me. But she has been out to get me. <laughs> and I have not done anything. You know, I don't. And she's older than me. And I'm just, I think she's like, she's older than you. Like, I don't understand. Like, oh um, yeah. And and it's like little tiny, like vindictive shit. Like that. And I'm a sergeant. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you trying to get me in trouble? You, right. She knows my story. She knows <clears throat> what all Is the that common though? I mean, like. I, this is the first time I've experienced it. Normally, oh, okay. normally in a mentor or in someone superior to you, you, they're normally pretty solid and they're they should motivate the fuck out of you. But right for this particular woman, it's like, um, for example, I don't stand duty because of PTSD. Well, she took it to a first sergeant by saying, "Well, this this marine doesn't stand duty. Why?" When she knew why, mm-hmm. but she's like trying to like put my name out there and then also another experience that i had i was on siq which is sick in quarters mm-hmm. and i was on that because uh my psychiatrist put me on um a medication and i was drowsy and loopy i, I didn't feel like i should be driving right i kind of felt i don't even know what i, I felt very like unsafe to be right, just out of it <laughs> yeah so i told her that and she was like okay well i'm gonna put you on siq for three days while i was in siq you can't go anywhere you have you're sick in quarters you're sick in home or your barracks and i'm at home sick right. not really sick but dealing with shit and i post a picture of me and my daughter from our disney trip and at the beach in florida I, and obviously this trip was taken two or three weeks prior to me being on SIQ. Right. Well, this woman goes and tells a bunch of other higher ups that I wasn't where I was supposed to be while I was on SIQ, that I was in Florida, living it up in Florida, which I could get NJP'd for, non-judicial punishment. I could get my rank taken. I could get in a lot of trouble for that. Right. But she had no grounds. I had the proof that of the date and everything. Right. It's just like, what are you, what are you getting out of this? What do you, what did I do? Like, why do you want me to get in trouble? And I just, I don't, it's women like that that make things harder. Right. Have you noticed any different treatment? And I guess maybe this would have been a better question if you were still in the same duty station before pregnancy and versus after. But do you feel like since you've become a mother, you've been treated any differently or at while being pregnant were, was there any like, negativity toward you while i was pregnant i i dealt worked with a woman who who didn't like that i was having complications in my pregnancy complications that i had no control over right um 
high blood pressure. I had to wear a heart monitor. I had back pain because from my injury, uh, I had Braxton Hicks. I had a lot going on and, Mm -hmm. and yes, it's pregnancy, but a lot of that, not every pregnant woman has and being at work was making that harder for me. Right. So when I got placed on uh, bed rest at six months, she told everyone like it was like an excuse and that it was just pregnancy. And so that made it harder because then I felt like I felt then I just, I, for some reason when people talk shit about me, a, a negative shit like this, yeah. I start believing it. Right. And I'm like, God, like I'm actually this person when I'm right. not. Yeah. And I don't know why I let myself do that. It's kind of bullshit. Yeah. Kinda you have it. one person targeting you that doesn't define you. Yeah. Right. Um, so that was kind of what I dealt with before the baby during pregnancy. And then after I came back once after three months of maternity leave, you come back to work. Mm-hmm. And obviously for me, I, I get, I gained a lot of weight. I got up to 211 pounds and I obviously was not damn looking skinny and sexy when I came back to work. I was, <laughs> right. What I, weight are you supposed to be at? Uh, my, my weight, my max is 155. Oh God. So, so I, I mean, I came back to work weighing 168, I think oh, okay. 170. And, um, so I mean, damn, I was, I was feeling good about dropping the weight that I was at. Right. And, but I come back to work and I get told that a says that they need to watch me because I'm fat. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I just had a baby. And they said, like, he said that because we need to watch and make sure you're PTing and that um, nobody told you to have a baby. The Marine Corps didn't tell you to have a baby and nobody told you to join the Marine Corps and have a baby. And I was just like, the fuck? What? (laughs) Can I not use what I'm made to do? (laughs) Can I I not do? Yeah. Yeah. The fuck? So, yeah. And then, I mean, that was kind of the worst thing I dealt with postpartum and then being at work a postpartum. Popotum depression. Uh, it, it was hard. <laughs> it was really hard. So oh, yeah, God. I got through that. But I think one of the last things I want to ask, or, or the last thing I want to ask, is what advice do you have for any other women that are looking to join? Oh man, you hit me with a hard one. I guess the best thing I could say is it. It has to be if you're doing it for the four years. I get it, but then again, I don't get it. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth that four years okay what are you yeah. gonna what are you gonna get you're gonna fucking be a marine for four years you might get some four years of college free college under your belt right um so yeah if you want to like finish a degree maybe for that, that i can understand that and i wouldn't say that's not worth it but right if you're it, it's definitely something you gotta want to make a career out of you gotta you gotta you have to to care you have to give a fuck about marines and everyone around you because if if you don't and you go in and you're just a selfish person and you're just all about your shit then you're gonna be one of those shitty leaders that don't give a fuck and and obviously ultimately just know that you cannot trust just because a marine just because they're a marine doesn't mean they don't lie cheat or steal they are people at the end of the day and they're capable of anything right well Thank you so much for the conversation. Thank you. I think this was really great. I think that all the workplaces that are male dominant and all the interviews that I could have done, I felt like this was a really great one. This was literally something that women have only been able to do, receive the same training as men 
since 97 right from what mm-hmm. i've what i've been reading so not even 30 years that's crazy but look i applaud you for what you do and thank you so much for your service i absolutely love you So what's one of the things you're most proud of that you accomplished in the Marine Corps? Um, Something that I did as a a female, which is rare in the Marine Corps. I mean, it's not now it's not rare, but it's rarer um, for a female to become a martial arts instructor. It is it's three weeks. It was three weeks when I went. I think it's maybe a month or four weeks. I don't really know now. Right. Um, but of it's uh, it's hell. Like you just you literally get your ass beat by men. Right. <laughs> I never had a female IT, but I could imagine getting my ass beat by a woman, and that would probably be a lot more humbling for me. But I mean, I got kicked in the stomach, and I was like, <gasps> <gasps> and he looked at me. He was like, "Put your hands up," and I was like, <gasps> you know, like I'm holding my my basic warrior stance dying <laughs> but yeah like you you get your ass beat. yeah you get your ass beat and and it's like the physical the physical portion of that training is is the hardest training physical training that i've ever went through right and that was like another very proud moment for me i'd say that me getting my tab you get a tab on your mcmat belt i would say like whenever i see a female marine with that tab on their belt I just automatically know like they're a strong woman. They're a strong female marine. They right. they can they can do shit.